Ladies and gentlemen, we are live for the February 9th edition of the HSP, the Hughes Sports Podcast. Now, you may be looking at me and being like, wow, Jake's really big on the screen right now. And that's true because normally I am hosting next to my old man. However, he had obligations that he could not uh, swap out because apparently they're more important than the podcast. So today I have brought with me a gentleman named DJ and Cam. Uh, who are lifelong Canucks and or Lions fans. And we're going to have a chitty chat about the news over the last week because, you know, there's nothing ever exciting going on in the Vancouver Canucks world. How are you guys doing? I'm doing great. It's been, uh, it's a joy and a pleasure. Thank you for having me. And uh, I'm quite excited to see uh, what, uh, what we can talk about today. Yeah, I'm doing great here as well. I appreciate you having me on and, Excited, uh, excited to be here. Long time listener, every episode so far, and I, I appreciate uh, that very much. I, uh, you know, the old man couldn't make it, so he had to have two people to fill his shoes. So cool. yeah, he's, got, he's, he's a very boisterous, very <laughs> loud human being. So I need to make sure that um, that we had you guys. I had at least two people on to change it. Sorry, I'm in the middle of trying to figure something out, and I can't. Just for everyone who is watching, below me is Cam. Cam, say hello. Hello. Across from me is DJ. DJ, say hello. hello. Perfect. Now you guys know sort of their voices. You can uh, chat with us. If you are watching live, please do drop a comment in. We will get to your guys' comments uh, as we can uh, going through the show today. Um, big thing, if you are watching or listening, please subscribe. Please hit the like button. Please leave a comment. Anything really helps. Um, it seems silly, but the Google al algorithm, Apple, they all love it when we get those thumbs ups and the stars and um, tell us what we're doing wrong. Uh, we also recently just launched. Um, this has been in the works for a little while. Um, where did I see it? I had it here. No, I don't have it. Oh, there it is. HughesSports.ca. So every week I will be posting a Jake's take on everything um, I see and just commenting on things. Um, the old man will release his old man's weekly wisdom, wisdom of the week or weekly wisdom. One of the two every week as well, where he'll rant and rave about being a uh, crazy old guys. So please do check that site out. Um, I'll post a link uh, with the video or the podcast. If you guys are listening. Um, first things first, we did a Twitter poll this week. When did I post that? February 5th. So four days ago, um, I'm going to pose the, twi the Twitter question exactly how I did to the, the fans uh, so we can discuss. Um, sounds like Bo, Bo Horvat signed a long-term deal with the New, New York Islanders. Eight by eight is what I'm hearing. We now know it's actually eight and a half by eight. So Canucks fans, would you prefer Bo Horvat or JT Miller for eight by eight starting next year? The answer, the options I gave were Bo Horvat, JT Miller, or neither for that price. DJ, let's start with you on this one. I I honestly, Bo Horvat's the captain of the team. I I would have if I could have just Bo or JT and have traded the other one. I would have gone with Bo Horvat. I would have taken him. He he plays center. He actively plays center. JT Miller has moved to the wing very often, and that's where he's played his best hockey. Um, it's really easy to play really good hockey besides somebody like Elias Pettersson, which is where he spent a lot of his time. Um, and I know there's a lot of issues with, with JT Miller's attitude, which some some good, some bad, some I agree with, some I don't. I don't think it's necessarily bad that he gets angry. I don't think it's necessarily bad when he's yelling bombs when he's drop when he's coming off the <laughs> ice. And uh I mean you 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 just have to go back and you look at a few years ago, Nathan McKinnon was screaming at Jared Bednar, telling him to do his job. That's all he has to do is do his job. And uh, that seems to work out for them. So I don't, I don't think those outbursts from time to time are the main difference maker, but I think Bo Horvat kind of brought a calm and presence to the team. So if I had to pick one, Bo. Fair. And Cam? Uh, I would agree. Same sort of thing. Being a captain of the team, being the leader of the team. I, I vividly remember when they traded him that uh, when we drafted him, like when the trade was announced, it was like when we drafted him, I remember them saying he's will be the next Canucks captain. Like it was pretty much it, written in stone that he was the leader of the team. He was going to be a guy who put the franchise on his back. And I'm not going to lie, like in those playoff series that he was scoring big goals, like against St. Louis, where he's scoring those breakaway goals 
goals to give us like the advantage or just in in games in general just the face-off dot like i just remember with malhotra here he turned into such a face-off like god and like he is one of the best face-off men men in the league and being a center which i know a lot of people say well it's easier to maybe find a lot of centers or whatnot but he was just a good center and a good leader of the team and just i i the one caveat though is i do kind of agree not for that much like yes this is a career year and i know the management probably was looking at getting him a very reasonable deal and he's kind of like nah hold my beer i'm gonna show you what i'm really worth and he went out and proved it but the problem is they'd already made their bed with miller which uh, i remember when we signed him i wasn't super excited for the money and term but i knew he was a core part of the team and it's just it's disappointing to have to let our captain go in order to fulfill that and keep him around yeah i definitely don't disagree with either of you i do find jt miller does have that competitive edge yes that he might be able if if given the leadership opportunity with now there being a giant hole from bo horvat because like you said cam he was groomed by the Sedins basically as soon as he started there to be the next captain. Mm. Um, I do believe JT Miller has that presence that can. And with Rick Tockett being the coach, a, a very similar player uh, to JT Miller, fiery, never, never say die, but occasionally, you know, snapping st sticks on the bench, maybe Bednar can, or not Bednar. Wow. Um, <laughs> Tockett can bring it out um, of JT Miller. So the poll on, Twitter, who do you think won? I know, uh, Deej, you already said you looked at it. Cam, who do you think won that poll? Won the trade, you mean? No, so who do you think, wh which option do you think oh. won the poll? Oh, of, of those three options? Ooh, yeah. I would honestly, I'd say Bo, so. Uh, wow. It was, a tie. it was a tie. We only had, uh, we had 26 votes on it. Okay. Uh, it was a tie at 42.3% for JT Miller and neither for that price. Bo only got 15.4% of the vote, which is kind of shocking which, to me because I thought there would be more Canucks fans reading it on Twitter, um, but it might also be a lot more just hockey fans, uh, people who don't have the connection to Bo that the Canucks do. And I could see for eight and a half for eight, I could see that being a big deterrent for any like non-Canucks fan to see that like, ooh, Bo's not worth that, which fair enough. Well, and big thing right now is that we don't, there's no cap certainty for next year. There's True. all sorts of rumors. There's all, all sorts of innuendo and talk, but we don't know what the cap looks like next year. The PA just hired a gentleman. Uh, they poached him from the Biden administration, um, which is kind of shocking. Um, but he is the new executive for the PA. And it'll be interesting to see if he pushes to get more money uh in the cap i mean the explosion of of revenue since covid um i think should be almost paid back to the league based off of very smart people because i'm not that smart to figure out uh mm. the arbitration payments and everything like that but mm. in an ideal world the cap goes up only two million or in an, not an ideal world in an, a world where the cap only goes up by two million dollars yeah, okay, that eight eight and a half is a, is a big contract to steal. But if the cap goes up ten million dollars, right? I mean, it's expected to go over, up to ten, over ten up to ten million dollars over the next three to five years. It's expected a total of ten million dollars. A total of ten over million the three, dollars. three yeah, four years. Right yeah. now, right now, what is the cap? Does anyone have that number? Uh, the cap is eighty one. No, that was. Couple of years 80, ago. 82.5. 82.5, yeah. 82,500,000. So if you're looking at a contract that that in three years, with five years left on the contract at 30.31 for Bo Horvat, that's not that's less than 10% of your cap. Yeah, very true. That's what mm -hmm. uh, math is hard for me right now. Mm -hmm. um, what, eight and a half to eight? eight yeah. To 93, you mean roughly? Yeah, nine. Yeah, nine. Uh, about nine yeah, percent of your cap. Yeah, eight, eight, nine percent. Sure. For someone who yeah. has, uh, has the can play center and is very, very good at it, has been for years. Mm -hmm. Showed over the last few years that he can score, and the very limited playoff experience he has, um, especially in the bubble, proved he can score. He can, he can do it. So, 
is that an okay contract? Is that a contract we look back at in three years, four years when the cap's gone up that, hey, look, we we did a really good, they did a really good job in, in on the islands, right? Like Lula Morello knocked it out of the park. So mm-hmm. it's, it's very early to tell, um, especially with these types of contracts. The pick and is now, where everything changes for that draft, for the trade. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And they are relatively... I want to know what you're... Oh, go ahead, Deej. I was going to say, the, the Islanders are relatively an old team too, though, so they have a lot of contracts aging out, um, mm-hmm. which is both good and bad in, in this circumstance because when you look at a team like the Islanders and this contract for Bo, they're going to be paying him 8.5 coming up, and he's going to be making that for his 34, 35, 36-year-old season. Yeah. But a lot of those other guys that are currently signed are going to be gone. So they don't – they like – won't have Anders Lee at that point. And if they do, it's for a lot less than the seven million he's making. They're not gonna have yeah. um like Matt Martin. I know he's only one point five, but like they got a lot of really old players on that team that, that is Brock gonna be Nelson launched, a little so. bit older too. Brock Nelson is thirty one as opposed to Bo's. Oh okay. I didn't realize he was much so. younger. Yeah. What about Barzell? How similar are Barzell? Because I think Barzell's a couple years younger than Bo. Yeah. Barzell is 25 years old, yeah. and so he's two years younger than Bo, and he's making 9.15. So it's 600. So much money. But this is the thing, though. Like, on an eight-year struggled. contract starting next year. Right. So yeah. Barzell and Bo will be together for that. And that's the thing. They've been looking for a running mate with Barzell for years. Like, they, they can't find anyone to catch up with him, like, I know a lot of people are like, Barzell's a bust. Why are they paying him so much money? It's because the man drives the play for the Islanders. I'm not even an Islanders fan. I just, I've seen and heard, like, he's basically the offense for them. So they needed to keep him around. And he just has no one to, like, keep up with him. Like, if he makes a break out of the zone, like, he's just so fast. But no one is really with him. So he's in the offensive zone kind of by himself. So if Bo can kind of keep up with him, like, they might have a little, even though they both play center, like, on a power play or something, the two of them kind of working together well, and might be a thing. Even still, even though they both play center, they've been playing together uh, the Which first two games, yeah. and yeah. including the, the uh, third game here with uh, against the Canucks. That's going on right now. At the end of the second, it is four to two or four in, to three in, for the Islanders. Oh, in, including including a goal for Bowie Horvats, which. Oh. Good for him. Assisted, assisted by none other than Barzell, actually, who also Barzell has breaking down the wing and passing back to Horvat. So nice. there you go. No, I think we're talking about. I think the biggest thing for these guys right now is to build chemistry with each other for Barzell yeah. and Horvat. And honestly, like it sucks to see Bo Horvat go. I hope, the, and it's going to suck for our draft pick that we get or potentially could get uh, from the Islanders. I hope they go on a run. Yeah, I'd love for Bo to go. Yeah turn this team because this team they weren't scoring like at all the islanders weren't scoring um and now i mean they've scored two goals a game (laughs) at least two goals a game since bo has been back exactly so or since bo uh moved there so um speaking of that trade we posted a poll on facebook quite a while ago january 31st um, it was just after the Bo Horvat trade, and how are you feeling about it? Options I gave were we won the trade, we lost the trade, and too early to tell. Um, I think we've already kind of discussed our feelings on this. Um, what do you think won the poll? DJ, did you see this one? Uh, no, I did not. All right, DJ, let's see which one you think won the poll. I think the poll is probably we won the trade. And Cam, what are, what are you thinking? I honestly, I think the Islanders won the trade, but that's because I'm a Bo fan. So, so n- neither of you are correct with what won. The too early to tell is what won by a landslide. Um, I don't yeah. know how many votes. Tw- uh, Fifteen votes. Eighty-six percent said it's too early to tell. And I mean, Cam, you you mentioned it. The biggest part that's a question mark is the is the draft pick. What is that draft pick going to be? Yeah. Um, because there's all even... sorts of interesting things that could happen with that pick. Well, it's not even just what is it going to be? Where is it? And then who do we decide to pick? Because I, for the, for years, we've, we've heard about how the Canucks scouts, which we've lost a few good ones over the years, always fight with management on who's the right player. And it sucks to hear that when the scouts are picking, sometimes they pick some really good players, a la Pedersen, but 
uh, we are so hit and miss on our like our cabinet of draft picks and like potential players. It's just it's scary to know that that could be a really good pick that we just don't pick well. So uh, frightening. <laughs> Always frightening. Yeah. I mean, that's a fun with draft picks, though. I mean, especially this, if if we get it with this draft. Fun, fun with draft picks. Mm. We don't have, no the fun. big thing is, we don't, Canucks fans can breathe. We don't have Benning. We don't have a general manager who's going very to true. lock in, who's going to lock into a player because he had a very good World Juniors. <coughs> You'll love with that guy. You'll love yeah. it. Like, don't get me wrong. you love he could have been a great player. Could have been. He shouldn't have been drafted where he was drafted. No, I think if you redo that draft, I think he falls to the third, third or fourth rounds. Uh, yeah, and like as I honestly, I hope the guy, the kid, can actually develop and be like a serviceable player in the NHL. Like no knocks Even against him. Yeah, exactly. But at the same time, just like waiting and waiting for something. Like I'm not gonna lie, as a Canucks fan for so many years, I feel, which is it's really hard to say. Like the passing of Luke Bourdon. Ever since then, we have not been good at draft picks and like he i think would have been that keystone defenseman that we would have had a big strong body and like since he that happened and like he did like in the few games he played you're like oh you saw we had something special and since then i don't know just things just flipped for whatever reason like we haven't been getting good draft picks for the most part again we have developed some really good players yeah uh, hughes even besser Best. Like, uh, see that's my problem with Besser uh, okay. um, is <laughs> did we move Besser up to the main roster like up to what I would call the main roster up to the, the, the Canucks too early did he need more time to marinate sure yeah, he came he in he came in flying like his first year Let's. I'm going to look up his stats but mm-hmm. uh, uh, he came in fantastic and what has he done since right like that first year, 26-17, nine games played only, five points. Not too too bad. Uh, four of those were goals. Which is what we need, always. 17-18, yeah. played 62 games, 29 goals, 29 26 goals. assists. To be That's fair, a- I, I, I still think Brock Bester would have won Rookie of the Year that year. I think he would have mm-hmm. won the Calder. And then the only reason he didn't is... You said 62 games. He missed out the last, yeah. I think it was the last 20. I don't think he missed any before. Maybe he missed one or two and it was an 18-game injury. But he got checked uh, by, I want to say it was like Matt Dumba, but I could be way off on that. But he got checked by somebody into the gate as it was open and he hurt his back. And yep. he missed the rest of the year. He ended the year with 29 goals. And I think if he had hit 35 Yep. 40 he would have he would have won Calder and then at that point it's like it's it's hard to say hey, this guy who won rookie of the year we brought him up too early but at the same time I don't know yeah. if it's just injuries after injury after injury or if it's just something that something else maybe maybe he would have been like he could have just been better the following year if they just let him play another year with the AHL team but there's definitely something to be said about he I, he did have a great rookie year but I'm, I don't remember who he played with that year, and that's also a huge part of it. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I well, mean, health, health has been his big problem. Like, yeah. as skilled and as talented as he's been, like, it, you can tell even in some games where he comes back from injury, he's like laboring or he's not as strong as he could be. And, like, I'm not going to lie, hearing all this stuff about the medical staff with the Canucks, it's like, are they rushing him back before he's fully healthy? And, like, having mm-hmm. worked in junior hockey in those situations, uh, you know, players definitely want to like get back in the game and it's part of the duty as the medical staff to make sure they're okay like my big thing was concussions like guys would try to cheat the system and like i learned a lot of tricks on how to like really cheat them or like check them for like how good they are because there are a lot of ways to do it but do people are they really diligent and especially at the pros being a junior like trainer it was definitely different because those are younger guys you have a little bit more authority whereas like in the pros they're making millions of dollars there's a gm that's pressuring you there's a coach that's pressuring you i need my best guy so but, it's you wonder but isn't that yeah. what a, a, a me- the medical staff should be doing is pushing back to those guys and being like look we can have him come back but he's not 100 percent." but the thing is though they probably do and then the gm or coach just says i don't care i need him now it's like is he good i'd rather have him at 50 or like 50 percent than you us waiting another two or three weeks when we're in a playoff run to get him back to 80 or 90 and it's like 
and the, the player always wants to go back. And then that's a, that says something else. If the player doesn't, then it's kind of like, are they really hurt? Do they really care? Do they want to be here? Like, there's so many other team dynamics that go along with that. So, like, as the medical staff, it's always you kind of are just of an advisor. Like you really are a very informed advisor. And at the end of the day, the player makes the decision and the coach and the management make the ultimate decisions as to let him go. But as a, as like a trainer, you definitely could be like, I fully believe this guy should not be playing. He is at a bigger risk to be done for longer or get more hurt or not even be worth the money you're paying him kind of thing. And if that were to happen, it's kind of like, like that, the other thing is like I I knew the Canucks trainer uh, Bernstein for so many years, and he like he was he he had a bit of like gravitat to him. Like he even though he was a super nice dude, like you knew that if he said something, people would listen. And since he's yeah. left, I don't know if like the players trust the same trainer or they say like, okay, this guy has made too many mistakes. Whereas like sure, if Bernstein made a mistake or two, he had a long list of like being right like most of the time but like you can't be perfect right because no. guys will hide things they'll change your diagnosis so it's it's one of those things where maybe the new staff is it doesn't have that sort of like trust that the players need to have and it's kind of affected them since then fair 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 i'm um, going back to brock besser a little bit here he's yet to play a full season he's yet to play 80 yeah. games right uh, in a mm -hmm. full season and talking about the the injury issues i mean we know um, Quinn Hughes talked about uh, Pearson's what should have been a what should have been what a four week injury is now he's out for the season. He got yeah. his injury back in December. Was it November? Or December. November. I want to yeah. say November. He yeah. he was supposed to be back in the, like early New Year, and yeah. he's now out for the season. He's had to have multiple surgeries. Um, but this uh, is like misdiagnosed from like a year or two ago, right? As well, exactly. like this isn't like a, a current thing. So. Yeah, it's something so that's been sad. bugging him. And then they took us, he got a surgery. And now all reports, uh, Dolly Wall, Rick Dolly Wall on Sakaris and Price uh, mentioned that uh, he saw him with a, I can't remember what they called it, but basically it's an IV that he walks around with that's connected to a pump that's pumping I IV antibiotics. Oh, oh my. Like that's so, I feel so bad for yeah. him. And is it, like, don't get me wrong, I understand medical team might have screwed up diagnosing it and it got worse. And that's why they had to do surgery. Sure. But how much you want to bet? Like we all know these guys are super competitive. Like, Oh yeah. What is it? 0.05% of all hockey players in Canada, in the world, make it to the NHL. Mm -hmm. Very even yeah. less of that have a career as long as uh, Tanner Peterson is, even though I'm not a huge fan of him, he's an NHL -er through and through. Oh, he has a talent for sure. Yeah. Do, did he try to push himself to come back too early? Did he start sweating? Like you know what I mean? It's so easy for these the the this the talent the skaters to be like, well, no, I can't just be sitting around. I need to be doing something. As soon as you start sweating in that, it gets infected. Mm -hmm. It it's also it's very easy to to kind of like it feels fine right now, right? Yeah. Uh, let's. This isn't the case. He didn't break his hand, but. Let's look at just a very simple case of like you break your hand, you know it's broken, like you can feel it. You cast it, you you move on. When it comes out of the cast, it probably takes a couple of days to to get feel like start to feel normal. But as soon as it feels normal, like you want to be out there, you want to be holding that stick, you want to be taking those shots, you want to be like doing whatever. But all it takes if if you don't actually give it the full time, all it takes is is. Uh, one one player coming up and stick tapping you honestly like you your stick handling is the hand comes up it hits your hand and now it's like it's bad again but you feel good but even though the medical staff is like you need to sit for another week then like well the other thing is like you this is the, like if it was an injury from let's say a couple of years ago where like the team was still like really close and it's like you want to be helping the boys you want to be helping the team you don't want to be sitting out you want to be like helping the success and like sitting on the sideline is kind of like itching at you so you definitely want to get back in it could be a combination of that or like like you go through a lot of different tests, like showing that you can stick handle, but maybe like all of it's painful, but you're sitting there, I can do it. But like, it's like a six or a seven on the pain scale, but you're like, just give me like Tylenol, just give me the cocktail or give me the shot, whatever it is. And I can get through the games, but like secretly yeah. it is kind of festering or it is still open or broken or whatever it is. Cause like, 
yeah, blood flow, once you get the blood moving, it technically is supposed to help. But if it's like, as you say, like whether it's like a broken open wound or like a broken bone, it's like if it's not getting the rest it needs and it's constantly getting hit, like even as you said, like if it's kind of like a fracture and it's, he's getting tapped in the stick and it's going up his hand and it's like, ah, okay, whatever. And he can't do what he can do. It's like, what do you do, right? Like he's still a, like a, a high price player on a team that he needs to be contributing and he wants to earn his pay, you'd hope. And it looked like he was wanting to do that. And it's just, it sucks to see that that's kind of where it ended up, where it's like whatever it was, whether it be medical staff mistake, he pushing himself too hard, a combination of two, management involved, tinkering, whatever it was. Like it just sucks to see a player be removed and then players going, this should never have happened because then you know trust yeah. is crum crumbling in the dressing room. Well, and like Hughes isn't one to speak out. He's not a JT Miller or a, I'm trying to think of someone, a Matt Dumba who will say things that's on, on his mind to, to make a point to exactly for Hughes to say, have to say something or want to say something, or maybe he didn't even mean to say it. It just was the first thing that came out of his mouth. Yeah. What like that shows a guy who's signed here relatively long-term, I believe another five years, six years, five years. Um, had, how much faith does he have in the organ? The not say Jim Rutherford and Patrick Alvine, but the actual structure of the medical staff and maybe the you know what I mean? Like if he's questioning everything, why couldn't he be questioning? Or if he's questioning the medical team, why can't he be questioning everything else? Yeah, it, it's it's four years after this year, um, four years just after. on Quinn Hughes. Um, that being said, that that's totally fair. Like when you have your star players. Um, like no, no disrespect to somebody like some some fourth line grinder that's that's out there grinding away. If it if it comes from them, I, I think it's less of a story. Like when Quinn Hughes is coming out, he's signed long term with your team. He's your number one D man, and he's going to be your number one D man until he leaves or he retires. And um, I, obviously, the last couple of years, maybe not, but like he's going to be your number one D man for a long time. And if he's openly speaking out against your medical staff and and there's a lot of cases in the past where like this has happened and then like we were just talking about with Bester, you look back at the injuries and when he comes back and he came back and then his wound opened up at the beginning of this year and he had to take more time off. Like it's 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 a lot of these situations and some some onus has to fall onto the players, but Dependent on the severity of it, you have to, like your medical staff has to pull, um, has to be able to have the capability to pull players and just tell players no. Um, yeah. Even even as much as you want, like my big one that I think about anytime I think about this, and this this falls into the NFL, so it's not. I was just thinking that topic. too. Is it uh, Robert Griffin the third? That or uh, Tua this year. Yeah. With the, oh, the back to back question. I'm I'm not gonna lie, being a tra like a ex trainer and watching that first hit and knowing he came back a week later, I was like, What are they doing? And then he got another concussion. I was like, I saw this coming. Like I couldn't believe it. Yeah. And that that's and the thing is the fans watching, like I don't watch the NFL all that much. I keep trying to get into it, but it's hard because the hockey season is started. That's mm -hmm. what I'm gonna be watching. Um mm -hmm. but the he got hit. They called it a back injury. Yeah, already. The medical it's staff diagnosed. call it a back injury, not a neck or spine in, or a, a or concussion. concussion. Yeah. How, how? Sorry. In what world can the NFL or the NFL PA or any association step in and be like, no? Mm -mm. The most powerful sports league in the world. Let's like honestly, like the way that they are run, it is more of a yeah. business than a league, and oh, like they've organization. Said, they, and they have so many checks and balances and to like hear after the investigation of like the independent neurologist allowed him to go back in the game and then he's kind of like well whatever like it just again like a paraphrasing but it very much seemed like a well whatever and it's like i remember again in my university years if i had an independent doctor in the stands like i th this is the big thing because concussions are always a big deal because obviously we're learning more and more of the long-term effects of like cte and brain injuries in contact sports but i remember like i had a doctor for a study he quite literally was telling me like every hit almost was like a pull the player out of the game 
And I'm like, if you do this, like, I understand, like, be safe. And like, we're doing this for like a study, but it very much was like any sort of like high impact that didn't really like even involve the head more just like two guys body checking really hard. He's like, pull the player out of the game. And I had one of my doctors say, that's a hockey hit. Like, I'm sorry, like, it's not a, like, a head-on-head hit. And it's like, you can't, if you do that, you will pull, like, every player from the team because everyone will get in a collision like that at some point. And then, like, some of them, they were, like, legit. And it's like, I will never forget when I had to test a player literally five minutes after a pretty big hit. Like, one of the players on the bench, I'm doing, like, the memory test. And he's like, I'm not concussed. I can't even do this. And the other dude, he was a very smart dude wanting to be a doctor. Like, quick, like, he was quick. Five minutes during the intermission, the doctor went and double checked him his brain turned to goo so five minutes of adrenaline gone he couldn't remember anything and it's the same sort of thing with like athletes it's like you see a big hit in the nfl maybe two of they tested him right away and like he his adrenaline was still pumping and he seemed okay but later on in the day it's like like or not even like five ten minutes later maybe he wasn't the person he needed to be and throughout the week they should have monitored it but it's just like the same sort of thing with like hockey hits and injuries it's like they need to have that sort of like medical like pull the player out from like an injury like they or like a hit big hit because it can be kind of obvious when a guy goes back in the game and he's not right and he's not who he needs Mm -hmm. to be and like that's a danger to himself and others right so why would we put them in those positions well talking about some injured players moving on to the latest one who just started skating again thatcher demko he's supposed to be out six Mm -hmm. weeks it's now been almost 10 and he's just starting to get back on the ice uh with the team but there's also a little bit of uh, a little bit of uh, fires a little bit a little bit of rumors from not like not just some idiot on the internet who has a podcast this is sportsnet elliot friedman and Farhan Lalji on the VanCast. Uh, I'm going to quote exactly what Farhan said. Um, I've heard from people that are close to close to it that Demko doesn't want to be there. There's conversation in the background that Demko is, isn't enamored with the market, the scrutiny, the organization. Pick it. It's all of it. Now, is that something more so to the not success of the team? Or is it truly what he feels? I believe now again, this is all this isn't my reporting. This is people who are close way have sources inside the team speak with the players on a on a daily basis or monthly basis, weekly basis, whatever it is. To me, De- I think Demko is a great goldie. Oh, yes. I think we'd be absolutely insane to trade him away unless yep. he wanted it. Like the and fact he- that Jim Rutherford and Patrick Alvin's plan is to turn this team around in three years. <laughs> that's what they said there. Three years is a long time. That's what that's what they said in the press conference. Doesn't Benning um, say the same thing? Yeah. Well, did any? The big thing is okay. So we're, we're we'll get into that after. Um, no, we'll, we'll get into that after. <laughs> yep. What would it take for you guys to be happy with a Demko trade? That's kind of what I want to want to get at here. You need a number one goalie back easily. That's it. Like no joke. Like he is, he is a top 10 goalie when healthy in my personal opinion could be higher. Like he's, I think of him as like a Connor Hellebuck of a few years ago where he was definitely like a player that everyone saw being really well. He'd had really good games owings, but like the team was still developing around him. Unfortunately, we can't say that about the Canucks, but he still like, he can steal games, like watching him develop from his years past. It's like, he definitely is a game stealer. And when you have that, it's really hard to find it and you'd never want to let it go. But we are notoriously well known to be a goalie graveyard. And so having, hearing that from him doesn't surprise me whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. The, the thing that, the thing that worries me is about Demko is the more I watch Spencer Martin, Connor Delia play and the know that I fact that we traded away um, our other AHL goalie at the beginning of this year, to Boston makes me uh, makes me concerned about our goalie future. Now, you're not going to trade a number one for a number one. I'm like, like you're not, you're just not going to like as, yeah. as much as I would like to. Like, you're not going to trade that Dr. Demko for for a guy that's going to be a number one. The only situation something like that would come up is like a goalie goes down, they're done for the year, and they 
then maybe they try and get Demko, right? And to to but you're probably not going to trade that goalie unless he's going to become a UFA, and it's just like it's so unlikely. But I think you need to get more than what you got from Bo Horvat because there are like Bo Horvat. I I love Bo. He's not a top five center in the league when he's when he's at his best. He's he's not. He's a great penalty killer. He's one of the best faceoff men in the league. Mm-hmm. But I can tell I can list five centermen right now that I would take over Bo. I when Demko is playing his best, he was a Vezina candidate, which means he's a top three goalie in the league. True. Um so you, you gotta get more than what you got for him. You need to get a guy who can slot into your roster. Like if if you're trained Demko, you need a really high draft pick, maybe two. You need a a right-handed defenseman. Like you basically need to check all of these boxes off. And like, I don't know, somebody who can kill penalties, because um it doesn't matter how good Demko <laughs> is, when he comes back and he's healthy, if you have the 32nd ranked penalty kill in the lead and guys that just don't want to be on the penalty kill, you're you're not gonna kill penalties and you're not gonna win games. Again, with the worst penalty kill, like, oh, just another year of this. Guys, we're gonna break a record though. We're gonna have the worst penalty oh, yeah. kill in the NHL since they kept track of it. Oh yeah, we're so beautiful. Good. What a what a great record. Like, let's um, just break all the records. Right. So if we if okay, so we all know Ian Clark is the goaltender goalie whisperer. I don't care. Yeah. He yep, is. If he Ian. says something, he's good. Right. So if he says, you know what, Demko doesn't want to be here. He's not in the right mindset. Trade him. Arthur Seelovs has been our AHL goalie. Um, 33 games played this year. 2.60 goals against average. 19 or 19 wins, 9 losses, 4, I assume, overtime losses. Mm-hmm. Uh, a save percentage of 901. Um, just for reference, uh, the last full year De- uh, Demko played... Oh, no, the... Yeah, the last full year Demko played in the AHL, uh, he had a save percentage of 922 and 2.44 goals against average. Ian Clark says, you know what, Arturs, it's it's your time. And we get a young, right-shot defensive defenseman, a defensive prospect, and a first-round pick in 2023 unprotected from L.A. I know I don't I don't see LA. LA might need it. I'm thinking Edmonton. Um, They're living on Skinner though. Skinner goes down. Campbell, you paid him all the money. Inconsistent. Inconsistent. Okay, so you get you get those three assets and you get Campbell Campbell back. They'd have to eat some of his salary. (laughs) That's for sure. Like that's the kind of thing like that that we don't have the cap space to accommodate that. But how much sure. is he? Make, how much is he getting paid? Is he not like five million much, for five years. Five, like, yeah, five five. He has this. He signed the same contract that Tremco did, but Demko yeah, signed so it would be earlier. Yeah, so we yeah, wouldn't five, be. Five. Uh, but either way, we wouldn't be out oh, any money. But this is so. This is the crazy thing. You say something like that. Why send it to Edmonton? Because then you're gonna have to face him for the next however many years. It's like you don't want to trade with because him. Because I. So because I think no, I mean, really like. We really like going to Alberta to face her old goalies, though. That's oh that's kind of well. That, that, that I think would be fantastic. That oh, good lord! Just <laughs> I mean, Florida <laughs> used to be the retirement home. Yeah. Then then uh, L.A. did for a little bit, and now apparently yeah. uh, Alberta is. So, um. But either way, any, t- any I just team, think, I understand what you're saying. Like, yeah. they, like as as DJ was saying, like you need to get like a plethora of assets because he is worth more. Because this is the other thing. Like, it's especially with the NFL, but it's, it's showing up in the NHL. Like, prospects are crapshoots. Draft picks are gambles. When you have a sure thing, he's worth the king's ransom. And Demko is a sure thing. Like he is a top notch, as DJ was saying, like Vesna quality goalie, top five, top three in the league when he's healthy and on his game. Like you cannot give that away. Like Bo is definitely having a career year. And I understand if the market wasn't like the best to get him for what he's worth. But again, having like your leader gone is a is like the intangible that kind of sucked that only in Vancouver would you really notice that. But for Demko, it has to be like as you say, it has to check all the boxes. It has to be basically 
your wish list of a retool. Like, as you say, right-handed defenseman, some sort of power play or penalty kill specialist, some assets to go, and a draft pick. And then maybe more. Because why would you not get as much as you could for one of the better goalies in the league? So, oh. Just it hurts me to sit, think about it and talk about it because I've lo- yeah. I've watching him like develop into what he is. It was like the Schneider Luongo days where it's like we had two amazing goalies. Which one do we keep? And then it's just like we burn that into half. Like oh my god! But did we? Because I mean, we got rid of Schneider at an all time high. We turned Schneider into Bo Horvat, who we just turned into. Uh, we don't know yet. Atu. I don't know. Is it Atu Ratu or is it Atu Rati? Because I keep getting multiple people saying different things. I want to say it's pronounced Ratu, but I... I thought it was pronounced Ratu. Yeah. It looks like Ratu, but it's Ratu. They call call him the rat I saw, so... That's amazing. Um, But if you look at that trade tree, which I'm pretty sure stems from uh, the original Luongo trade, all yeah. pieces are still involved with. I could be wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure it does. Um, or it's either that one. I can't, I watched them a lot of them from Steve Dangle. It's either the original Luongo trade or the Daniel and Henrik draft trade. Yeah, that uh, it's still a part of. But we turned Schneider into a number nine pick overall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Something like that, number yeah. nine overall. And then we then we traded that pick that pick which turned into Bo Horvat who's a hell of a player we got six seasons out of and mm-hmm. then we turned that player into another first round pick uh a middling I would say a middling to top end prospect and uh, a cap dump let's be honest that's what yeah. Villiers is yeah um mm-hmm. I think they sold high on Schneider I think I'm the only one who one of the very few people who sees who who views it that way because where he went as soon as he left Ian Clark what happened Yes, and that's I, the only way you could look at it. Right. I, I also I watched a documentary. Um, I think it was around the Hockey Hall of Fame, or I was listening yep. to a story or something. It was around the Hockey Hall of Fame this past year when the Sedins and Luongo were were going in, and and they were talking about it, and they were saying that uh, Schneider had like Schneider had kind of become the number one goalie that year yep. before he got traded, and then he missed the end of the year because he had a hip injury and they were really, really scared about that hip injury. And that's why when they got the offer for that trade, they were like, yeah, we got to take this. Like we, like, so, I don't know Luongo was angry, but like I, I, they were so scared of Schneider moving forward that they had to get rid of him. And it, and turns it out was to be the right time. So I didn't realize yeah. Lou Lamorello, who now has Bo Horvat made the trade. They came to Vancouver with the trade. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Well, needed a top-notch goalie. They they were they were kind of throwing everybody out there, and then Schneider somebody bit on Schneider, and like, they were like, oh, "Interesting, yeah, let's get we'll him out of here." So, well, yeah. fair. Well, I think that kind of does it for the Canucks talk of this show. So, well, I have a moment right now. Again, if you are watching, uh, I love you and appreciate you. Please do leave a like, a comment. Um, if you're listening to this recorded, um, I still appreciate you just as much. Uh, review like share with your friends if you are a canucks fan and your friends are canucks fans if they're not canucks or bc lions fans don't bother they're not going to get much out of this um (laughs) unless they like me and then they might get something out of it um that beautiful hair but there has been there has been some beautiful movement in uh the beautiful summer game with the bc lions um we the bc lions extended vernon adams jr for one year extra so he will he, he will be for all intents and purposes our number one starting quarterback uh for this year and next year so his contract will end at the end of the 2024 season um butler has left he is signed in hamilton which is i think going to be a problem because i don't think we have a running back to fill that hole however just yesterday i uh uh, was reading uh, the BC Lions traded a linebacker named Jordan Williams to Toronto in exchange for the first round pick. Now we had previously last week talked about how there was no first round pick for the BC Lions. There are some running back prospects in that in that seven to ten spot that the Lions are going to be picking in. They're going to be picking at ninth mm-hmm. um, overall. Um, with all this information, with Bo Burnham, Bo, not, why do I keep saying Bo Burnham? Brian Burnham. <laughs> 
He's yeah. not a comedian. He is a football player. Brian Burnham um, retiring. We still have a gluttony of talent at wide receiver. We have a quarterback who, if can live up to the potential that he has shown, should be pretty good. Mm-hmm. What do you expect out of the BC Lions? Honestly, after last year, I, I hate to say it, they definitely outperformed expectations for me personally. A lot of that had to do with Nathan Rourke, but uh, I, like as he went down, like the team was trying to find an identity without him. And yeah, they struggled here and there, but they still got some wins. They still toughed it out. They made it into the playoffs. And like they were one of those teams that you knew that if they like could put it together at the end with like the change to quarterback, that they would be kind of a little bit scary, maybe a dark horse. And yeah, it didn't pan out that way because God, Winnipeg was such a beast last year and they have been for years past that it's just, it's hard to see them fall off. But like, I would love to see them to be at least in the playoff hunt at the, like at the very least, like just to be a contending team that competes. Cause if not, it's like, yeah, going back to the dark days and the dark ages of kind of like, we haven't done much in a while. So. Yeah, that's, that's kind of where I am looking at the team right now. Now, Let's see if they draft who they draft or or if they're able to find another running back. I'm not going to pretend to to sit here and be the most up to date on the CFL prospect pool and what running backs are going to be available in in free agency. Um, so that being said, I, I I think when you have somebody like Nathan Rourke who had an MVP season while missing a handful of games, which doesn't happen very often. Normally, if you miss that many games in, in such a short season, like the CFL, like you can miss six games in the NHL and still win MVP. You you can't miss six games in the CFL or in the NFL and win MVP. It just like it doesn't happen. So mm-hmm. is Vernon Adams going to be able to do what Nathan Rourke did? Probably not. Nathan Rourke or Vernon Adams All Star 2019, kind of his best year. Um, kind of hit and miss since then, um, but. He had pretty good numbers once he came to the Lions, so hopefully a little bit more time with practice squad one in training, and, and maybe he can get some more routine down. Uh, both both were good with their legs, looking it up. Uh, Nathan Rourke had way more yards. Uh, he ran the ball 39 times this year, averaged 7.8 yards per carry, but Vernon Adams ran the ball 22 times for an average of 7.4 yards per carry, so... If he ran just as often, they would have been pretty close. Exactly. Yeah. And and the big thing with Vernon Adams Jr., I believe um, him coming in and be, this being his team this year, I think he's going to have a different impact on it. It's not going to be a game plan or a team built around Nathan Rourke. Like we got, mm-hmm. as um, Lions fans know, we got extremely lucky with Nathan Rourke. Oh, a guy yeah. who was back up for a couple years, I think, maybe two years. And then um, came when given the opportunity, took it and ran and is, and I will say this, will be the greatest Canadian uh, quarterback in history. Um, Looking at his numbers, looking at the people that we, I would assume, and I did this with uh, the old man a few days ago, um, the people that I thought were Canadian quarterbacks are not. They're just Americans who played in the CFL. That was last week's podcast. Such as <laughs> who? That, that was last week's podcast. Well, I, I missed that one, but who were who are some of the names you thought were Canadians? Anthony Calvillo. Anthony Calvillo. Oh, yeah. Yep. I Ricky was... Ray. Oh, okay. Yeah, I figured. Um, yeah. Trevor. No. Uh, who else did I throw? I can't remember. I threw out another name. There was one more name. I don't remember who it was, but. But I, all I of them. All names. of them are American. Yeah. Like, yeah. you have to go back to Warren Moon. Yeah, quite literally. And when he went down, he was a lot older when he went to the NFL to play. And that's part of his success. He was mature. He understood the game. It's like we're saying with Doug Flutie, like even though he was an yep. American, like he made his hay in the CFL, showed that he knew how and to then, run an offense. And then he took a team to the playoffs and they benched him. They took him to the show. He took him yeah. to the Super Bowl. And you know what they did? They benched him. Why? Who the fuck knows? Because he's Doug Flutie and the Flutie flakes were too much for them. <laughs> but the only thing is, like, I 
I like this is that the irony of all of this is I'm an actual Jacksonville Jaguars fan and I'm probably one of the very few in Canada. Uh, but like for him to go to Jacksonville, he's going to be behind Trevor Lawrence. So he's not likely to get any starts without a significant injury. However, being behind like a talented, uh, was it quarterback there? And like Doug Peterson has shown that he's starting to bring out the, like the actual talent and skill that everyone thought that he had, which he does have. It's just, uh, don't get me started on the urban Meyer era. Cause that was a, a tire <laughs> fire from the moment they hired him and I knew it. Um, but like with Doug Peterson, he might be able to learn something in the, like in the NFL, he might advance his skills even more. And then when he comes, if, if he comes back again, like we're assuming he comes back and I really hope he does, but if he stays there power to him, cause that's the better league to be in for money and whatnot and just yeah. clout. But if he ever comes back, I I'm not gonna lie. I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if your prediction comes true. He'd become the yeah. greatest Canadian quarterback. Well, and not just that, but okay, he goes down to Jacksonville. He learns for two years, yeah. and the team needs a 1B quarterback. Someone who has a bit of NFL experience, but isn't going to cost him a, a first-round pick or a, a big-name player. Well, you've got you've got this guy. He comes in and has a potential, like he did with BC, just to take over the show, um, which I think would be a lot of fun. And uh, just so you know, Cam, I am uh, officially now a Jacksonville Jaguars fan. I have another, yes! <laughs> there are now three. Yes, three. we're multiplying three slowly but surely. Not um, me. I'm not the third one, but I've no. heard uh, Nathan Nathan Roark's brother was a Jacksonville Jaguars fan. Yes. So he there's nice. three of you. Beautiful. There's a whopping three of us for two reasons. One, because Nathan Rourke is there and I, I want to follow his career. Uh, but two, the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, do you know their names? Shad Khan and Tony Shad Khan. Khan, you mean? Yes. And Tony Khan runs a wrestling promotion. And I am ECW. a huge wrestling fan. No, he does not run ECW. He runs AEW. AEW, pardon me. ECW, sorry. you went back into your 90s there. You, you teleported back 30 years. <laughs> Yep, yep. Um, Childhood right there. Uh, yeah. So he runs AEW. Um, so another reason to pick. The and honestly, guys. the biggest thing, like I, I've been a Jags fan since like the late 90s, early 2000s. I feel sorry for you. Oh, I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> Lord, no, this is not the time to lament all those years of up and downs, mostly <laughs> but, downs. To be fair, like, you're a Canucks, you're a Canucks fan. You're a BC sports fan. It makes sense. Oh yeah, I it's just a love trauma being, bond with our teams. Gluttons yeah. for punishment, hundred percent. My dad always laughed at me because he's a big Seahawks fan. He's like, "Why did you pick them?" And I have my reasons. I don't need to explain them now. Maybe one day, hey, if I'm ever back, you know, I'll I'll uh, fill that in. I'm gonna but, make a note to make sure I push to find out an answer on that. Yeah, there you go. Uh, but like, he's like the first minority owner in the league. And like, that was a big deal at the time. And like, I'm not going to lie, being a fan of the team, he's definitely like an owner that cares a lot about his players. Like with all of like the Kaepernick kneeling and stuff like that, like back in the day, like he was an owner that was like, I'm with my players. Like, this is a big deal. Like he's not, I have lots of opinions on how the owners of the NFL run the league. Uh, and I, I'm not very happy with the way that they propose themselves, especially certain ones uh, in particular, but like, he was definitely one that like loved the, like his teammates, his players. They're not employees to him. They're like his family. Like he treats them very well. A lot of the players speak nothing but the highest amount for Shad Khan. And I, I I'm not gonna lie. The mustache, the twirling uh, villain oh. mustache <laughs> also sells me on it. And it's perfect. And it just, he's a very well-spoken man too. So it's like just hearing the way that he cares about his players and his team. I love that Nathan went to an organization like that, that is definitely on the turn, is becoming a, a team that could make moves and make headway, especially, I'm not going to lie, they should have beat the goddamn Chiefs. They should have been against, I wanted to see Burrow versus Lawrence, LSU versus Clemson rematch. Like that would have been a beautiful thing to see. And kudos to God damn, uh, good old Mahomes. Cause like, I've, I'm not going to lie. Like I've, I've seen enough of Mahomes. It's like Brady all over again. I've seen, I saw enough of Brady as a Jags fan for so many years and all power to Mahomes and the chiefs, but I've, I'm starting to get to see enough of Mahomes. So they, they better make something and kind of slowly disappear, but they might, they probably won't. So yeah, it's, it's actually really nice to see, like you said, Nathan, we going down there and, and all that stuff about the owner too. Um, and, and you can tell it passes down. Like there's the, there's the clip that went viral after they lost to the chiefs of Trevor Lawrence standing in the tunnel 
and he's greeting every single James player that walks by him oh, yeah. and, and giving them bumps and stuff, right? Like that's that's the type of guy when you're someone like Nathan Rourke that you want to play behind because you know if Trevor Lawrence ever goes down or he's not feeling it or whatever, like he's going to be behind Nathan Rourke 100%. He's not – like I, I I know like this guy's got to be competitive to make it in, in the NFL, to be a starting quarterback in the NFL, but you know he's, he's not competitive to the – point where he's going to be like hoping work does bad so we can get back in there and, yeah. and ready to go so it'll be it'll be good I, hopefully hopefully we get to see him at least get a few snaps in this year oh, I, even just preseason i would love to see him yep. just get even a half a preseason yeah, and, he, game. and he will um hopefully um and, well and just the I was just going to step in, like, especially if it's in the preseason, if he gets any first team snaps, they might have some good receivers that would be comparable to the BC offense where like he has some even good the, like route runners and even whatnot. The second so, team, even the second team in the NFL has probably got better or <laughs> on par receivers with the BC. Sure. Offense. Very true. But at the same time, like being in such a high flying offensive attack, the Jags look to have something to that next year. So with Calvin Ridley, hopefully becoming like unsuspended and joining the team, uh, like he might have a chance to actually learn with some very talented players, as you were saying, DJ behind a very talented quarterback that could very much help him develop. And that's, very exciting whether being a lions fan or just a canadian qb fan that seems to be that now that more and more i think of it i'm very excited for that while we're talking about you know quarterbacks uh the goat of quarterbacks <sighs> i don't like him i uh i hate him because he was never on any team that i liked um tom brady announced his retirement for a second time <laughs> does this Do stick have- this time yeah, that's the question I was going to ask to you guys. I don't think it is. I think I he retires. I think it gets into the first two weeks of the season, and I think he's back on a team. I think a quarterback so, goes down, and someone goes out and offers him way too much money. Conspiracy theory, they're not allowed to talk to him before March 15th if he was signed. And that member, uh, if you guys know that uh, the Dolphins got penalized their first round pick this year for the tampering. So him retiring, yeah. I don't know. Like, I again, this is just a personal conspiracy. Does he do this to be able to talk to teams early, to be able to find out where he wants to go next? Because a lot of people are speculating him going to San Francisco, his hometown favorite yeah. team. Like the the big thing I've always loved hearing is he was in the crowd during that Dallas Clark, uh, or not Dallas Clark, uh, the end of that Montana in the back of the end zone touchdown. Oh, I can't even remember his name again. It's not Dallas Clark. Dwight Clark? No. Uh, Famous NFL tight end. Anybody help me out here. I'm not sure. We're looking at people who are not uh, good with names, I don't think. And it's sad. I feel really bad because he's just passed away due to ALS. Or again, I say that. But either way, he's passed away recently. He's definitely, like, he was in the crowd for, like, a very famous San Francisco versus Dallas touchdown. And so, like, him being a big 49ers fan, love to see him come back. But as much as I've hated Tom Brady when he was a a New England Patriot for all those years, he crushed any Peyton Manning dreams because I loved Peyton Manning because the sheriff, I'm not going to lie, for years I've loved the sheriff. Seeing him on SNL, if you ever remember that skit of him teaching the United Way kids and like (laughs) throwing kids at, if Jake, if you haven't seen it, you need to look it up on no, YouTube. Just him, like, I'm going to send it's it good. to you. It's the like, most hilarious thing. It's like Manning being like the worst coach in the world, but it's just his comedic, like you can tell his comedic timing, especially with the Manning oh, yeah. cast, amazing popular player and seeing not him, basically never seeing him win the three, four, five Super Bowls he could have because of Tom Brady or because of the teams that he was against, like always made me sad, but I cannot deny like years, like having him removed from new England, he cannot deny his, like his success. Oh. Like the moment he goes to like Tampa and they win, it's like, and new England has floundered since it's like, it shows the Belichick yeah. is keeping them like he's keeping them alive. Like new England is nothing without Brady, but he's still keeping them good. But Brady can go to any team and just turn it around. It's like, you can't deny his like talent, his leadership, like the, like you love to do it. The let's F and go like thing. Like who wouldn't want to get behind a guy like that? And just, yeah. if, if he goes to the booth, which he's signed to do, like I could see him being 
like a Tony Romo, very charismatic, very well-spoken breakdown plays. Like he's just that intelligent and like that successful. Like why wouldn't you want him to be oh. contributing to the game? Right. So whether he's in it or not, he will always be a part of like this. Well, Cause if he's, football. if he doesn't play, I believe he has a standing contract with Fox. Yeah. Um, so no matter contract. what, yeah, no matter that's what gonna pay him way more than he'll make playing football again. Yeah. Well, they also said the speculation for him coming back this year was because of his divorce. It's like he didn't want to give her any of the money. So if he played another year, the divorce would be finalized, and now he gets the contract and doesn't have to give her anything. So I think that was another that's again a, that's speculation. A smart, that's a that's a smart that's business a smart move. That's a money decision. move. That's a that's a business decision. Yeah. Speaking right? of business decisions, millions of dollars will be spent this weekend. On the Super Bowl in beautiful, sunny Phoenix. I don't think it's actually in Phoenix proper. I believe it's in Scottsdale. Um, yeah, I believe so. But, uh, you know, Americans have one big city and a million other cities around it, and they all combine. It's confusing, and I don't like it. You mean like Vancouver? Yeah, I don't <laughs> like it. I hate it. That's why I'm in Calgary. We've got at least a little bit of space between places. There's room to breathe, damn it. We've got a lot of space in this country. But moving on, uh, Super Bowl predictions, boys. We have the Kansas City Chiefs taking on the Philadelphia Eagles. And what should I, be a uh, super fucking fun game? Should be. I I I know Kansas City's seen enough of Mahomes, but I gotta think that at the end of this game, you're gonna be seeing Mahomes lift another Lombardi Trophy. I I just maybe it's just I gotta. I'll be honest with you. I got like a. I got a thing with Philly sports teams. I don't know what it is, but <laughs> I like to see them lose. So I'm uh, I'm gonna be pretty happy if I can see uh, the Chiefs lifting the trophy up at the end of this this Sunday. And I think they got the team to do it. Fair. Uh, I so this is the best part about like I'm kind of thinking the same thing. Mahomes is gonna do it. However. I have been watching a lot of coverage of the NFL, like not in this past week, but weeks past. So the the first week after the championship games, they were saying like, this has happened before where you have a superstar quarterback versus the number one pass defense in the league. The last four times it's happened, the pass defense is won. So it's very much, I, I'm not going to lie. I would love to see Philly win it again because part of it is just to see the Jalen Hurts ascension because of the fact that like they're not going to win based off defense alone their offense has to like show up they have literally three running backs who all could be like amazing running backs in different situations and they're all really good Jalen Hurts adds to that uh they AJ Brown and uh was it the other young receiver on the outside like they have both of them to be able to like go vertically and I see them kind of basically taking over the game with defense so they're as long as their offense can score but at the end of the day like everyone had been talking for kansas city like frank clark hadn't shown up in a playoff game like he'd never gotten a sack in his career and he's a very decorated nfl pass rusher and last week he got two or three so it's it's like amazing to see him potentially become a game wrecker because in that end he could literally turn this on its head and we just get a defensive matchup that that becomes back and forth like just the offense can't really do much and then they maybe can break a like a big play here or there which is going to be very boring to see for the fans but at the same time it could be the other way where it's like the defenses do their best and both of these quarterbacks can just dink and dunk and pick teams apart so i'm assuming it's going to be a low scoring match that philly wins but if it's not and uh, Kansas City can run away with it. I wouldn't be surprised, but I'm honestly picking Philly just simply because I think defense is going to win championship. G defense wins championship. That's the ever standing, uh, like the philosophy. And I think that that is going to hold Pat this time. That is totally fair. I uh, am under the belief that the only way the Eagles can win is they have to stop Kelsey. They have oh, to stop yeah. him. They have to shut him down. Triple if team. They give. The if uh, you can't do that because there are other threats on this. <laughs> yes, but, yes, but um, they might have to. Yeah, yeah. it's. I ha I'm, I need to. I I think my uh, my friends down in Philadelphia and area would might fly up here and beat me up if I vote against them now because I vote I have chosen them and they're the only team multiple weeks where I had multiple selections where they won. So I'm going Eagles. So. I'm going fly to, eagles fly, uh, baby. Fly eagles fly. 
Just don't tell no. them where I live because I think they're already trying to put tickets to, <laughs> to my place. Well, so <laughs> the over under for this game is at 50.5 points, which mm. I think is very that's generous. Very high. Like yeah. I see this being like a 21 like 17 kind of game. Like very low scoring. If they if anybody does score a touchdown, it's going to be on a bomb or like a missed tackle or something like that, like a big play. Yeah. I'm always I would take the under. under on that every time. I'm taking the under every time with that, unfortunately. Um but yeah, I want to thank you guys for coming on. We have our predictions for the Super Bowl. Next week, hopefully the old man will be back. I don't know where he's at today, but uh, hopefully he'll be back and we can have arguments about what the Canucks are doing, um, seeing <laughs> as they just won tonight. What? What? Six, we won a game? What? Six to five. PD scored two goals. Brock Besser <sighs> scored a goal. Nils Oman scored a goal. Uh, oh, wow. OEL scored a goal before we even got on uh, online. That's right. And one, and one Anthony Beauvillier scored a goal against his former team. Oh, so is that both, his first as a Canuck? That is his first yeah. as a Canuck. Both both former uh, uh, players scored on the opposing goalies, so all's fair in the world. Um, we got two points out of a game, and I don't know how that's possible, but um, I... it is what it is. So we're really uh, tanking tank, hard. We're tanking. Tank so dream hard. is over, so hard, unfortunately. But again, thank you guys for joining. I will see you guys uh, later. Uh, everyone watching, listening, thank you so much. Please again like, subscribe. Uh, do whatever you like. Yeah, comment on, us. We're on Facebook, Twitter. Uh, the only thing we're basically not on is Instagram and TikTok because that shit's confusing. Um, but uh, I love you guys and I will see you next Thursday. Thank you for having us. Good night. Thanks for having us. Goodbye. <laughs>